We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. This is Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman today and thrilled to be with you. Always love being with American Family and all the folks out there listening, not just listening, but acting, getting engaged, actually taking a biblical worldview and applying it to our lives. Imagine that, not just showing up on Sunday morning and listening to a sermon, but showing up on Sunday morning, listening to that sermon, and then applying it to our lives throughout the week. That's what being disciples is all about. That's the Great Commission. Not only to go out and spread the gospel, but to make disciples so that people can obey everything that he commanded. I just love the fact that this audience is an audience of action, that you take what you hear and you do something with it. So God bless you for that. That's what's going to save liberty in our nation. That's what's going to save our religious freedom and our ability to even share the gospel with folks. So God bless you for doing that. Looking forward to a conversation with you this afternoon. If you'd like to join me this afternoon, you can call in to 888-589-8888. Four zero. That's 888-589-8840. Whatever's on your mind, I've got a couple of things on my mind I'm going to throw out there to get us started, and then we'll take it wherever you, the audience, would like to go. If you're not familiar with our organization, Patriot Academy, I started it about 20 years ago while I was a legislator in Texas uh, with my wife, Kara, and uh, we, you know, we were just frustrated, to be honest with you. We had we had kind of, um, I guess, gone into the legislature a little bit naive. I just expected us to go in and debate the issues of the day and with the, the best principles would win, of course. Uh, of course, that's not how it worked. And I got very frustrated with the fact that very few people even knew what the principles of liberty were. Uh, both Republican and Democrat, independent, I mean, just people in the political realm really weren't students of, of liberty, weren't students of of principles and, and what would produce good things. And uh, so that's why we started Patriot Academy, to, to, to revive that, to teach the principles of liberty. People of all ages, we started with young people back then. But now, of course, our Constitution Coach program is all over the nation. We've got 11,000 Constitution Coaches using our videos to teach these principles. And when I say our videos, that's David Barton, Tim Barton, Kirk Cameron, Rabbi Lappin. I mean, all these people that have made a uh, uh, just a, 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 their passion is is making a life of studying freedom and teaching it to, to other people. And so I want to start off today just giving you some good news. I, I know there's a lot of negative that's happening out there. I know you see the American culture dying right before your eyes. That's not an exaggeration. It is. We're watching the, the, the institutions in our country fall apart. And so you see that, and it's easy to get depressed. It's easy to say, goodness, it's just all falling apart. What can I do? I mean, you you feel like one of the 10 spies that sees the giants in the land, sees the fortified cities, and you think, how could we possibly win? Unfortunately for those 10 spies, they went back and gave such a negative report that an entire generation had to die in the wilderness. So we don't want to be those 10. We want to be like Joshua and Caleb. We want to look at the challenges, eyes wide open. We want to acknowledge what's there, but then we want to remember God's given us the land. God's given us these great principles. He's 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 given us this this talent of freedom, this this great constitution that we have in America and the ability to choose our leaders, to influence our leaders, to be the leaders. You know, people say to me all the time, you know, oh, Rick, you 
you know, you focus too much on the on the politics stuff out there and and you should just be spreading the gospel. That's it. I say, wait a minute. Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And it, if we're Caesar, which we are in this system, if you go to the Constitution, how does it start? We the people. Right. It's we are Caesar in this nation. We're in charge. We're the ones that have the ability to overrule the people that we've sent to represent us if we decide to do so. And so if we're going to do that, if we're going to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, then we got to pay attention to the job description. You know, we got to break out that that job description and say, what is my job as an American citizen? What should I be doing to preserve this freedom for future generations? And so I, I just think we're in a position right now, eyes wide open, to look at what's happening and realize that a, an awakening has occurred because the left has gained so much ground over the last few years and they've been so aggressive in in and just shoving it in our face i mean it's not it's no longer this subversive sort of uh incognito behind the scenes they've been slipping it in in education for decades and decades now i mean it's in your face if you don't agree with us you are banned you are shut down you are removed from society i mean it's a pure marxist mentality and attitude and tone and they've taken over so many of our law enforcement agencies and different things um, that we're in a critical structure where we can either despair when we see that and say, oh, I give up. Or we can say, no, I don't have to despair because I know what the root cause is. I know what's causing these bad principles to take place. And if I know what's causing it, then I can be a part of the solution in reversing that. And so I guess just three quick points that that I, I hope you'll remember from today. Number one, you are not alone. If you, if you have despaired because you think, man, nobody else realizes what's going on in the country. Nobody else is upset about this, this Marxist takeover. You're not alone. Trust me on this. Just like Elijah was wrong when he thought he was the only one and God said, nope, 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. I'm here to tell you, friend, millions of Americans have not bowed their knee to Baal. Millions of Americans have not bought into this socialism and communism, not just millions, tens of millions. In fact, you could probably say hundreds of millions out of the 330 million Americans out there. I'd say 200 million of them. Now, granted, a lot of kids in there too, right? But okay, let's so let's take the adults and say at least 100, 125 million of them realize we're in a dangerous spot here. They don't want socialism and communism. They want to revive liberty. And so we have this just beautiful opportunity right in front of us. Maybe a once in a, definitely once in a lifetime. I would argue maybe once in a century, maybe about every hundred years, something like this happens where you have an opportunity to convert millions. I mean, literally in a, a generation, convert a generation to being lovers of liberty and, and freedom fighters. And what's unique about our position on that is we know that without the Bible, that liberty means nothing. You, you cannot make a constitutional republic last if you don't have biblical principles. That's what the founding fathers said. And so we have this beautiful opportunity right in front of us to convert a generation into liberty lovers and biblical worldview Christians, not just people that say I'm a Christian, but people that apply Christianity, apply the Bible to their life. So I'm actually excited. I'm not depressed. I, I, I see what's going on out there, but I see what's causing it, and I know that the system works. So here's my three quick points for you. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, the principles of liberty, biblical values, still work if we work them. The principles haven't failed us. Our leaders have failed us. The principles work if we apply them. And the third thing is we have a proven plan for how to do that. There's a proven system for how to restore liberty, and you get to have a part in that plan. So you're not alone. The principles of liberty still work if we'll work them, 
and there is a proven plan to restore liberty, and you can have a part in that plan. I just think that's that's the that's the take home message, frankly, for me every day to remind people that you're not alone, to show you uh, all the people that are out there that are engaging in this. That's why I tell you know I'm not. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm bragging when I talk about the fact we've got 11,000 coaches doing constitution classes or hundreds of thousands of people that have gone through the course or all the young people that we've trained that are now leading from the pulpit or in a legislature somewhere or in Congress, all these different places. I, I, I rattle all that off to say, be encouraged, friend, be of good cheer. There are good people out there leading with a biblical worldview and they're making a difference. The principles still work and we're seeing people work them. I love seeing these parents at, at school board meetings, not just testifying, but then taking over. I mean, literally running for the school board, getting elected. We, I don't know how many of our constitution coaches have now gotten elected to school board, city council, and county commission, all that in just the last 12 months. It is exciting, exciting to see. And so the plan to restore liberty is not complicated. It begins with education. It begins with a love of liberty. It begins with becoming a student of freedom studying what makes what works and what doesn't work, what makes a free society, what will make your community and your neighborhood better and prosperous and and free instead of, you know, wouldn't you like to see again uh, abundance instead of famine? Wouldn't you wouldn't you like to see again individual choice and freedom instead of this this top-down approach of making everybody uh, be lockstep in, in the same medical decisions and everything else. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing how fast we've gone down that road. But boy, I'm just telling you, people are waking up by the millions, and we have an opportunity to get them to fall in love with the principles of liberty. So there's a revival of freedom happening out there. That's a really, really good thing, and I hope you're as excited about it as I am. A couple of quick things in the news, and then we're going to go to the phones. And If you'd like to call in, it's 888-589-8840. Uh, I'm sorry, 888-589-8840. Um, I, I love this. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, uh, has donated thousands of pillows to the trucker convoy in Canada. <laughs> what a great way to come alongside these guys. You know, everybody else in Canada is bringing them gas, right? You see all these citizens in Canada that are just fed up with Trudeau and the the, the tyranny. I mean, Canada's been, you think it's been bad in California and some of these places in America, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. It has been an, a, an outright tyrannical state there. I mean, I've watched these videos of people being arrested for simply walking down the street without a mask. And uh, it just it, it infuriates me when I say that. I hope it's a righteous anger. I hope it's not a, a fleshly, you know, sinful anger. You know, the Bible says be angry and sin not, which means anger in itself. If it's a righteous anger, there should be an anger that rises up in us when we see people being abused, when we see these children being masked for eight hours a day, um, that is child abuse. And and while we do that, the politicians and the elite run around without their mask, whether it's Stacey Abrams in Georgia demanding that the children wear a mask while she stands there uh, without a mask or sits there for the for the picture. Or I heard there was I heard there was some kind of football game last night. I don't know. I don't know. Some something and some super something. I don't know. Is a uh, something in California. Anyway, I did see the pictures of all these. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I mean, I haven't watched a football, a, a, a an NFL game, an, a Major League Baseball game, or an, or an NBA game in two years now. I, I just cannot go along with these spoiled brat athletes that got rich 
off of America that 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 benefited from our amazing system of capitalism um, and 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 this beautiful beautiful nation, and then turned around and spat on uh, all of the principles that made it possible for them to become so wealthy. Uh, I just I can't I can't support them. I can't watch them. So yeah, jokingly yeah, I know there was a game yesterday. I honestly do not even know who was in the Super Bowl. Um, I, 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 I don't care. I just don't, I, I will not support these guys. Now, what I will do is I'll go see the new movie about Kurt Warner because, uh, it's a wonderful story of faith. I read as the book that the, the movie's based on. I haven't seen it yet, but my wife and I are hoping to go see it this week. And, uh, now that I will go watch because that's a different day in the NFL, uh, before all this woke nonsense, all of that to say the hypocrisy of, of the, the videos that I saw on social media of all of these celebrities and politicians running around at the Super Bowl without their mask, having a great time right there in California, right there in L.A. County, where all of those children today, right now, as you are listening to my voice, are being abused with these masks. And, and, and not just physically, from a health perspective, it's, it's abuse and it's bad for and someday. Uh, that science will come out on that and people will finally admit what it's done to these kids psychologically, physically, all of that. And so the hypocrisy of Gavin Newsom and these local county officials that did what they did to these children and continue to do it today after yesterday, all of them running around without their masks. So it's uh, rules for for thee, but not for me. And it continues to happen both at the local level with these masks and vaccine mandates and Oh, but now all the way up to the highest levels of government, where when the Hillary Clinton campaign spies on the president of the United States and spies on candidate Trump and then President Trump uh, breaking all kinds of laws. Let's see what happens to them. Are we going to continue to have a rules for thee, but not for me situation? Or will there be prosecutions that actually count? Uh, somebody needs to go to jail for what they did. I'll talk a little bit more about what actually happened, but there's now evidence. Mark Levin pointed this out five years ago, so hat tip to Mark Levin. Uh, it's it's a shame that it's just now coming out, but the evidence is overwhelming, and the fact that they would spy on the President of the United States and infiltrate these servers, uh, it, this is uh, this is criminal, absolutely criminal. Makes Watergate look like a uh, you know, small-time uh, frat house operation compared to what this uh, what was done here. And um, some heads need to roll and uh, Congress needs to investigate. There needs to be, without question, a check and balance here because the law enforcement agencies that are supposed to enforce the law are actually part of the problem at this point at the federal level anyway. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll quit ranting about all of these things and take your calls when we come back from the break. The phone number is 888-589-8840. We're sure glad you're with us today at AFA at the core. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Mark described the Gadarean demoniac, the one who said, My name is Legion, for we are many, as living among the tombs, breaking free from shackles and chains, howling in the night, and cutting himself with stones. But Jesus cast the demons out of him, And when the townspeople saw him, 
with Jesus, free, clothed and in his right mind, that is when they were afraid. If you've recently been freed by Jesus, don't be surprised if it makes your old friends uncomfortable. It's not you, it's them. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Think back to the first person who turned your eye, not just as friends, but as more than friends. Our culture describes these feelings as a crush. Let's say a girl has a crush on a guy, so she thinks sometimes obsesses over the thought of him. She doesn't take the time to get to know him as the whole person, his spiritual gifts, his skills, his faults. Crushing on someone gives us rose-colored glasses rather than an accurate view of that person. Three times in the Song of Songs, King Solomon admonishes, do not awaken love until the time is right. In a world that cheapens love down to the drive through express lane for instant gratification, teach your daughter to be a wise Solomon and refrain from the rush to crush mentality. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to La Paz, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. I'm America's Constitution Coach. You can find out more at PatriotAcademy.com. PatriotAcademy.com. Maybe take one of our Constitution classes, Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, or one of the other programs that we have, and then teach it at your local church or in your living room. 11,000 coaches out there doing that and making a big difference in their communities. We'd love to have you as a part of it. Number to call in today is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. As we were going to the break, I was talking about the whole Durham investigation. Uh, John Durham's a special uh, counsel that's been investigating this infiltration, uh, the spying literally by the Democrat Party on President Donald Trump, his his uh, residences, his um, even the White House itself. Somehow they broke into these servers and were able to to get emails and everything else. I mean, it's it's a criminal operation what they did. And this has been going on. It started in 2016 during the campaign. It was all part of this Russia gate trying to create this 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 false narrative that the that Trump was teaming up with the Russians on the election and all all that's been proven to not be true. But at that time, 
the way they were doing it and the things they were doing to create that narrative was was quite literally criminal. I mean, they they were, um, you know, this would and for those that don't remember or, or don't know. I mean, when when Nixon was finally removed as president of the United States, it was over a, a similar type situation where the Republicans, some some Republicans uh, had literally broken into a Democrat office, were trying to get information um, and ultimately it ended up in, 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 you know, people from Nixon's team going to jail. And I'm talking about people at the highest level working in the white house. Um, and, and it, uh, it, it led to, to his resignation. It was going to be an impeachment of the impeachment actually only got out of the house committee. And then he ended up resigning before they went through with the impeachment. Gerald Ford ended up pardoning, uh, president Nixon before it was over. So, you know, biggest scandal in American political history, supposedly, at least that's the way it's, uh, it's, tr- it's trumped up. No pun intended there. Uh, but this one is is potentially even worse. I mean, it's it's the same as breaking in. It's getting more information. And in this case, it's it's monitoring the president of the United States. So you've got national security issues here. I mean, this is this is bad, bad stuff. And it was all done by the Clinton lawyers and Clinton campaign. And we'll see who was involved where when this ultimately uh, all comes out. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's pretty shocking and uh, you're not going to see it covered by most of the major media. Uh, you probably had to go to Fox News or to, to the Epic Times or some of those outlets and certainly One News Now and, and obviously American Family Association and uh, and American Family Radio. We're going to talk about the truth because we don't get censored. Uh, we, we don't let them censor us or we don't self-censor ourselves. Let's put it that way out of fear. And so we speak truth and we put the facts out there. We put the information out there. And uh, then we encourage you to study as well. So that's that's what's going on with that investigation. I my concern is the two tier justice system. Uh, I want to I want some to see some people go to jail over this. And and if if Congress doesn't investigate this in a very heavy way, if if this uh, if this you know if the judicial system fails us here, um, man, we're gonna we're gonna really have a problem in this country of of being able to trust at all our, that our institutions haven't completely falling apart. So there's a chance here to to revive law and order and to revive some faith in a blind justice system. You, you've probably heard that expression, blind justice, and it should mean that that everyone is treated the same under the law. That, that's a biblical concept, that, that you don't treat some people better because they're wealthy. You don't treat some people worse because they're poor. Um, you, you treat everybody the same under the law. And that's, that's something we, we took pride in, in the American system. And when it didn't happen in earlier generations based on whether it was color of skin or wealth or whatever it might be, that was an affront to the Constitution and an affront to our system of of, of government and our and our system of, of law and order <clears throat> and and frankly the Ten Commandments and the way that that should play out in a in a country that's built on the Ten Commandments. And so we righted those wrongs and we corrected that and and I just see us slipping back into that whether you compare the you know the guy that was let out on a pretty low bail who had murdered a police officer versus these January 6th folks that have been held without due process um, and, and and the abuses that took place there. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be prosecuted if they broke things and did things that were illegal. Obviously, I, I support prosecution in that case, but they also deserve due process and, and it should be blind justice and they shouldn't be treated different than we would treat someone else that did the same thing. Uh, somewhere else in the country. So anyway, enough about Durham. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's see, phone number. Let's give that out one more time, 888-589-8840. And first up is Wayne in Mississippi. Wayne, how you doing today? What you calling about? Hey, I'm doing, gr- doing great, Rick. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I was calling. Uh, I graduated school back in the uh, late 70s, early 
eighties and and I remember when we went through our political science and our government classes that they talked about three branches of the government that kept each other in checks and balances. And I'm just curious when the president has gotten so much power and then there's no checks and balances. When when did all this take place? And uh, I guess how come there wasn't any laws or anything that we heard about that passed that changes this? Yeah, Wayne, great, great question. Um, in, in my Constitution classes, actually in Independence Hall when I'm teaching this, I specifically talk about exactly what you just you just mentioned, and 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 what happened is that some what when 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 one branch encroaches on another branch and it does something that's outside its constitutional authority, the other branch has to push back, and if they don't push back, in some ways they cede that authority, and we've watched that happen over the years, where instead of calling each other out and being those checks and balances that the founders designed, there became almost this collusion between the three branches to just let the federal government grow and grow and grow and do things it shouldn't be doing. And nobody called each other out. And then ultimately, even more so, you mentioned the president and, and the power of the president becoming too big. What what happened that, that, that got us out of whack was that the court became too big. The court was supposed to, that third branch, the judicial branch, and, you know, we got the three branches of government. I forget, you know, when, when AOC a few years ago couldn't name the three branches of government, everybody laughed. But the truth is, according to polling data, 75% of Americans, it's 74 point something, uh, cannot name the three branches of government. So let's make sure we do that, right? We got the executive, which is what you named, the president. Then we've got the legislative branch, the Congress, and then we've got the judicial branch. That's our court system. And according to the founders, the legislative branch is supposed to be the most powerful. They're not three equal branches of government. They're very unequal. The design was that the legislature would be the most powerful because they have to answer to us the fastest. In other words, the House, all of our members of the House have to run for office every two years. So that's the quickest way for we the people to hold them accountable if they're not doing a good job. So the founders said, OK, if that's the case, we want to put the most power in the Congress. And then the second most power to the president. And then the weakest branch, they said, and Hamilton lays this out in Federal 78, but the weakest branch should always be the court. Why? Because they're unelected. They're not elected by we the people. They're appointed by the president. And so we want to give them the least amount of power. And so then you give different power to each of the three branches so they can hold each other accountable exactly like you're saying, Wayne. And the problem is the court has become all powerful. We've in, embraced the court with this somehow almost spiritual identity that they are always going to get it right and that they will uh, somehow be unbiased and all of this that we think they are. None of that is true. And then we, and, and then because they're unaccountable, because they're not elected and they're now treated as if they're appointed for life, which is not what the Constitution says. It says they're appointed for good behavior, which is why we should be impeaching some of these judges um, when they have bad behavior. But anyway, they, they've created this mythical status for U.S. Supreme Court justices and now they get to make law. They get to enforce law. They're doing all these things they should have never been doing and they weren't designed to do. Uh, so that's a really long answer to your question, Wayne. But the problem is that we had branches that backed off and didn't hold the other branches accountable. And let me just add this complication to it. It's not just the three branches of government at the federal level that have checks and balances. There's also that's kind of a horizontal check and balance. There's also a vertical check and balance. The federal government can be held accountable by the state governments and by local governments. So there's a check and balance between those three as well. And if the states would do their job pushing back against the federal government and saying, no, you don't have the power to do health care, you can't do vaccine mandates and all of these things. That's none of your business. That's none of your authority. It's nowhere in the Constitution that you can do that. But the states are the ones that have to stand up and say no to the federal government. And they haven't done a very good job of that. They've just let the feds 
run um, roughshod. I mean, literally just take over everything in the country. There's starting to be pushback on that. There's a movement called Convention of States. That 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 term comes out of Article Five in the Constitution, and it was a oh, just a, a prophetic move by the founding fathers, where they said at the Constitutional Convention, if the feds get out of control. We have to put them back in their box. The states, meaning uh, the states have to put them back in their box. And so they gave us this great tool right there in Article 5 of the Constitution. It's never been used. It's the only solution big enough for the problem that we face. And there's a great movement across the country to do that. And so that's a vertical um, check and balance. And so the states, using a convention of, of states, would actually be checking the federal government's power and 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 putting them back in their in their proper box. And we're halfway there. Seventeen states have called for this convention. You got to get seventeen more to call for it, and then they will uh, be able to overrule the federal government and 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 redefine the uh, the proper role of the federal government. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wayne. I just went off on a lecture there. I just gave way too long of an answer, and I apologize, uh, folks. I encourage you to take Constitutional Live or Biblical Citizenship in Modern America. You can get them at PatriotAcademy.com. We dive further into that. Let's go to our next caller. It is Robert in Texas. Uh, hey, Robert, what part of Texas are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from North uh, West Texas. I don't know why it's called West Texas when we're as far north as we can get, but West Texas <laughs> is where I'm calling from. You now you must be up in, what, Am Amarillo area, up in the Panhandle, or, or West Texas, like Midland? Yes, yes sir. Uh, Excellent. That panhandle All right. area. Good, 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 good. Well, thanks for calling in, man. What's on your mind today? I would say, uh, do you believe that there are certain stances that the church could lean up on to maybe attract younger voters that might have views uh, uh, similar to Christians that were not completely Christians? For instance, I'm 23, you know, and I could tell you from the majority of what I see and what I've grown up with, you know, most people my age couldn't, could not tell you, you know, three Bible verses. And it's sad, but it's it's the truth of what it is today, you know, not not many people. And I'm in the Bible, though. So for me to say that, you know, my little town, you know, it's it's kind of sad to see. But do you think the the church could lean up on, for instance, recreational marijuana? It's everywhere. It's in the culture. It's on the songs, it's on the movies. Do you believe that, you know, if the church came at it from a stance that we understand that y'all have free will and you're going to do what you want to do? And in no way are we advocating for it, but we want you to be saved, but we understand that there are certain situations that require more of our attention than others. Yeah, I mean, let's let's take it this way, Robert. So, so I mean, I definitely don't think the church should ever compromise on clearly defined biblical, um, you know, moral absolutes uh, of right and wrong. And 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 so that I I don't think should ever be compromised in order to be seeker friendly or in order to be appealing to any group, whether young, old, or, or whatever it might be. But then on the other side of the equation, there's all these stylistic things um, that sometimes we get hung up in what is really religion, not the Bible. In other words, we get hung up in a lot of traditions that we think are you know, uh, necessary because that's why daddy did it and granddaddy did it and everybody else. And that is, what I think, what turns off the younger generations more than anything else. It's things that aren't necessarily biblically, you know, this is what's required by God of us, but instead it's what our particular religion or particular denomination requires of us. And those are the areas where I think there is so much room uh, for us to improve in our outreach to, to young people. And not being, you know, I, I think it probably comes back more than anything to the self-righteous attitude we sometimes see projected by some leaders in 
um, quote unquote, the church. And what happens is people think, well, I'm not good enough to be a part of that church or I have to I have to, you know, uh, uh, act a certain way that 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 is just not not me. And I think when we come back to the approach of saying, you know what, we are all flawed jars of clay. We are all sinners. We are all filthy rags. None of us are good enough and we all need a savior. And that discipleship means beginning to obey and follow those commands in the Bible and, and taking people through, you know, and, and whether you want to address things like, um, um, you know, the way we dress or the what we eat or drink or any of those kind of, those are all things that I think don't have so much to do with salvation as they do with what's good for our body and what's good for our presentation and how much we, uh, you know, how we, uh, whether or not we compromise our, our ability to think clearly and that sort of thing. I mean, even if you want to come back to, you know, where there's marijuana, alcohol, whatever that that particular substance might be, is it causing us um, to to be drunk? Is it causing us to not be able to use our mental faculties and then be moving into an area of sin? Or is it, you know, I mean, alcohol, boy, that could be a, a whole discussion for the whole hour. Um, but I, I, I don't want to go down too far on these rabbit trails. But but I think, Robert, what you're saying is, can, um, do what can we do to make the gospel and make Christianity something that that people are willing to look at and and think through and study and we have so much to offer people in terms of freedom true freedom um, that I think sometimes because we get caught up in the legality of our particular denominational customs we miss out on the freedom message and and being able to show people hey you, you can have a really awesome wonderful amazing, um, powerful life in Christianity and you're actually missing out on the ultimate freedoms uh, by not embracing the Bible's standards because I said it at the top of the the hour and I think it fits here God's greatest blessings are found within his boundaries and so when we follow his commands and do things his way you actually get more freedom it's a real party it's a true party um and you get you know uh, I mean I mean sex would be a great topic for this right I mean the, the church avoids the topic of sex instead of saying God created sex sex is amazing when it's done within God's boundaries you get the most pleasure and the most amazing mind-blowing sex when you do it God's way whenever you go outside of his boundaries and you do it the world's way you end up with pain you end up with heartache you end up with uh, broken people. Um, and so anyway, I just think there's a lot of ways that we could do a whole lot better job. Um, so I think you're touching on a really important subject, Robert. And um, I, 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 I have a passion for this, actually, because we, we do a lot of outreach with young people and, and appealing to their desire for freedom and their desire for liberty and their, their desire um, you know, to, 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 frankly, get the most out of, out of life. And God's ways not only are right, they work best and they give you the best results in every one of, of those areas. And I, I think we should be stressing that with young people and say, you want to really enjoy your life. You want to really have have uh, get the best out of all these things. You do it God's ways, uh, God's way. And there are huge blessings involved in that. All right. I, don't, I, I hope that uh, made sense, Robert. I don't know if I answered your specific question, but thanks for calling in from the panhandle right here in Texas. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I want to hit this, uh, this uh, Supreme Court rejection of these New York City school teachers and their religious exemptions. Really important, uh, um, terrible decision here by Sonia Sotomayor, but we'll talk about that. And you can call in at 888-589-8840. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. 
So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. On American Family Radio, this is Barry McGuire. I'm a car guy here to help you understand God's purpose for your life through the eyes of a layman. Today, over 143 million Valentine's Day cards were received by people all over the country, and that doesn't even count the cards children will give out in their classrooms. Millions of cards expressing the love of the sender. But just imagine for a moment, what if every one of those 143 million cards included just three extra words, God bless you. 143 million people would be moved closer to Jesus in one day, wow. God's command is to love everyone in your world as much as you love yourself to be as concerned over their eternal destiny as you are your own, that no one should be lost. In addition to your Valentine's Day card, your prayer card should be full to overflowing with your priority being to lead everyone you meet to Christ. Your job is to ignite revival outside the walls of your church by moving everyone every day closer to Jesus. If you need help doing that, go to ROTW.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green filling in for Walker today. I'm America's Constitution Coach. You can find out more at PatriotAcademy.com. PatriotAcademy.com. Boy, talking about uh, Constitution coaching, uh, our nation needs a little coaching on the Constitution, but the Supreme Court needs it too. It's so embarrassing sometimes to listen to these Supreme Court justices. Uh, you know, certainly the the vaccine mandate hearing a couple of weeks ago, boy, it was it was on display. That the just I, I, I'm I'm not saying this as an insulting in an insulting way. I'm saying this as an observation. The ignorance on display. I'm ignorant about a lot of things. Okay, ignorance doesn't mean you're stupid. Ignorance means you're uninformed, and I am uninformed on many, many things. Um, I especially am terrible at mechanical things, right? So if, if if the lawnmower or the weed eater breaks, I'm pretty ignorant. But I can I can solve my ignorance. <laughs> ignorance is curable, 
with information. And so I can get on YouTube and I can watch a video. And in 10 minutes, I know how to fix the weed eater. So ignorance is curable. But ignorance was on display with the Supreme Court a few weeks ago with the uh, hearing that you could li- everybody could listen. I-, I painfully listened for four hours as they went through these uh, these hearings that uh, were longer than normal. They actually extended time because it's such a big issue. <clears throat> and you had Supreme Court justices spewing uh, outright lies. I mean, uh, Sotomayor was literally telling people that 100,000 children in America were on ventilators. Completely false, complete scare tactics. She actually said Omicron was more deadly than Delta. Absolutely false. I mean, that couldn't be more false. Anyway, uh, so so that's the person in that ignorance that was able to reject the New York City teachers that were trying to get religious exemptions and and were being denied that by New York uh, based on the fact that New York, the government, was deciding whether or not their religion actually um, was against the vaccine. So so, so follow this this logic here. The government was saying, we're going to investigate your religion. And if leaders of your religion, if any leader of what we deem as a leader of your religion came out in, in in any kind of a positive statement on the vaccines, well, then we're going to say that your denomination is not against the vaccine and you can't have a religious exemption. So if you're Catholic and the Pope said anything good about the vaccines, no religious exemptions for any Catholics anywhere in New York. If you're Baptist and, and I don't know who you would claim to be the leader of the Baptist church, but I mean, maybe just one Baptist leader. There's some very left-leaning Baptist leaders out there uh, that, that 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 would say something positive about the vaccine, then anybody that's Baptist couldn't get a religion. I mean, that's how insane this is. The government, this is if there's a violation of the First Amendment and the concept of separation of church and state, which is not in the First Amendment, but the concept of separation of church and state, this is it. Government defining your religion for you. This is so wrong. And so that's what's happening in New York with the vaccine mandates. And I've, I've fought this battle for decades. I, I fought this in Texas when it came to uh, vaccines 20 years ago. We only had a religious um, exemption and, and, and that type of thing would happen. The government would be basically deciding whether or not the tenets of your faith actually um, gave you the ability to refuse even just one of the vaccines. Like in, in, in our case back then, I was trying to get this done because there were a few of the vaccines that, uh, uh, you know, parents should be able to decide. Hep B and well, all vaccines parents should be able to decide. Let me not be misquoted on that. Um, but a few of the vaccines that, 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 you know, if you did your homework, your kid might be more susceptible to damage from the vaccine than from the the disease or virus or whatever it was supposed to prevent. And you should be able to analyze that based on your family's lifestyle, your your children's exposure to things and all that and make that decision. So anyway, I fought this 20 years ago and we finally got a conscientious objection into the the statutes. But what New York City is doing right now is exactly what I was trying to stop 20 years ago in Texas. And so these teachers appealed this all the way to the Supreme Court and said, wait a minute, government can't tell us what our religion says. If we're filing for a religious exemption and we're saying that based on our faith, whether it's because of abortifacients being used in the vaccine or whatever other reason they have, then that's our decision. That's an individual right of conscience that the founding fathers designed this country around. And so they appeal to the Supreme Court. And the way this works, because it's an emergency injunction, each justice has certain regions of the country that they're over for reviewing those emergency injunctions. And normally something like this, they would take to the other justices and say, hey, let's have a quick vote behind the scenes to decide whether or not to have a hearing on this and actually make a decision. 
In this case, she just decided, you know what? I kind of like tyrants. I like the way these governors have been tyrants all over the country. It's basically what her position has been from the beginning. So I'm going to be a tyrant. And she rejected. She denied this emergency injunction without getting any input from the other justices and without even hearing from the other side. Normally, you'd get some briefs from both sides before you make a decision. The Bible actually says one side sounds good till you hear the other. Not her, though. I mean, you know, she's uh, Soto the solo tyrant on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. So she rejected this. So teachers in New York, I am so sorry for you. I, I mean, this is this is so wrong that government is telling you what your religion is going to be or what your religion is and what the tenets of your faith uh, happen to be and and uh, and preventing you. Uh, from being able to do a religious exemption. Same thing's happening over on the in the military. It's just bad stuff, folks. But uh, so I, I, I gave you some good news earlier. Sorry to give you a little bit of the bad and the ugly, but this is really ugly what is happening in New York and really, really ugly that we've got a U.S. Supreme Court justice um, spreading misinformation, very anti-science, and, uh, and, and being able to uh, reject this uh, effort by these teachers in New York. Okay, I'll stop ranting on that. We'll go back to the phones. I think we have Alan next. Uh, so, Alan, how you doing, man? Where are you from? Oh, Mississippi. Um, what's your question or comment today? Hi, uh, Rick. I, I have actually uh, gained a comment uh, about Trump. He, he was my third-party candidate. To me, he is a rhino. Um, and that's why I voted for him. But uh, I, I, uh, I don't think he could be called the Orange Party because of his association with anti-Catholic, you know, William of Orange. But anyway, um, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, both have blood on their hands. And, you know, I, I think they've built up so much resentment over the years against each other. But, but that's just a comment. Uh, I was curious about school boards and do they control the money gains from 16th section lands from uh, i missed that uh, last uh, part do they control the money from from what kind of land it was set up in the constitution that one sixteenth of every township the 16th section and i can go out in the country and there's 16th section land out in the country that timber companies lease. And the 16th section of every township, and it's not in city limits. This is out in the country. Um, now, when you say the Constitution, it, you don't mean the U.S. That's not in the U.S. Constitution. Are you talking about a state constitution that has I, this? No. Well, I think it's nationwide. Uh, I thought it was set up by Ben Franklin or maybe Webster. I'm not sure. But 116th of all the land in this country or every township, which is... Yeah, no, definitely not in the U.S. Constitution, but it might be in the Northwest Ordinance, which was a, a you know federal law both before the Constitution and then again passed after the Constitution that set up public schools and and different things like that. There may I'm, I'm, I'm I'll plead ignorance as I said earlier. I'm ignorant on things too on whether or not it's in the in a particular law, but it's definitely not in the Constitution. But let, but let, let me go back to 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 uh, what you were saying about school boards, though. They definitely control you know whatever finances come through the school. They have control over now. There's all kinds of mandates at the federal level and the state level. It's one of my big complaints with the federal mandates is they 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 give you about six or seven six or seven percent of the of the budget, 
but their mandates control about 50% of the decisions. So they don't get to, they don't get to make all the decisions because when you accept that money with the mandates, you end up having to do what they, what they want you to do, which is why I encourage uh, schools to reject all federal money. The federal government should not spend a penny on education. It's nowhere in the constitution for them to be able to uh, be able to do that. So I don't, uh, uh, that's kind of a general answer about the funding. I do not know the answer on the question of the, the 16th that you're, that you're talking about. So you got me there. I got a homework assignment. Now I got to go study about this one. <laughs> All right, Alan, good call. Uh, Betty is next, and Betty is in Alabama, the birth state of my mama. She was born in Mobile. Where are you calling from, Betty? All right, Alan, good call. Uh, Betty is next, and Betty is in Alabama, the birth state of my mama. Betty, you there? Where are you calling from, Betty? All right, I don't hear Betty. I hear I hear an echo there, but not Betty. I'm going to go to Devin in yes, Minnesota. Sir. Devin? Yes, sir. Go for so, it, man. Yes, Professor Green. Ah, thanks for answering the call to your ministry there. My question has to do with uh, scriptural, scriptural reference to uh, obeying our government uh, because God has put in place leaders and he takes down leaders. My question is, when the area gets gray, for example, an illegitimate government or possible illegitimate government, a treasonous government, a government that starts down the road of tyranny. Yeah. Does this still apply to us as Christians, or and where does like where does the protests fall into that, such as the Canadian uh, trucker, for example? Right. Very good question. Ah, Devin, you're asking a great question. Romans 13 here, um, um, Acts as well. We look all over the all over the book of Acts, and we find some um, good ex examples of, of what to do when the government is being tyrannical. But um, you know, a lot of people. This was the Romans 13 was the most favorite scripture to be pre preached by those uh, uh, who supported Hitler in the early 1930s in, in Germany and went along with this regime that was becoming very tyrannical. Uh, could have shut it down a lot earlier if the churches had had stood up instead of of going along with. If there had been more Dietrich Bonhoeffers, we probably would not have ended up um, with the horrific things that the Nazis did around the world. And so, I, you know, the, the the short answer is it does not apply the way that people try to apply it. And and here's what happens: Romans 13 is all about obeying the government when it's doing good. If government is becoming evil and doing anti-biblical things, it would be absolutely anti-biblical for us to then support government in that way. And in our situation in America, it's a, it's a twofold situation because not only should we always oppose a tyrannical government that's doing evil things, but in our in our system, we are the government. So it's actually a duty and a responsibility to oppose others in our government who are using our system of government that we're responsible for to do evil things. So to sit back and let that government do those things and and think that, oh, well, God must have raised them up, and so therefore I have to let them do whatever they're doing, um, is really a distortion of the biblical principles. And I think that's exactly what you were trying to say. Um, at some point, when government's doing evil, we have to step up and, and do our job. And the sooner we do that, the, the less evil is able to move forward, and the sooner we're able to stop those wrongs. So I think it's vital that uh, we use civil disobedience in a proper biblical way, and and certainly Paul did that. I mean, Paul raised the law. He he did things that uh, when they said, um, you know, when when the political leaders of the day said, "Stop preaching the gospel, stop doing these things," it's like, hey, we don't answer to you; we answer to the Lord. And they continued to do what became essentially civil disobedience. 
And I think that's what we've got to do. You know, when Paul said, wait a minute, you're going to beat a Roman citizen. Um, you know, we need to be raising our hand and saying, wait a minute, you're going to violate our constitutional principles in the way that you're doing. Absolutely not. We're going to stand against it. So that's why my hat is off to the truckers in, in Canada who are standing against the tyranny there. Uh, they don't have our exact same constitution, but they, they certainly have uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms is based on the American Bill of Rights and, 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 and our declaration principles. And so they absolutely have the right to do civil disobedience and to stop this tyranny that Trudeau has led up there. And we need to be doing the exact same thing more and more in America. I've been an outspoken advocate for civil disobedience throughout the, 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 the COVID crackdowns is what I call them. I think it's a cult. I think they've, they've, they've taken what was a real virus that, that killed some people, but a very, very small percentage of those that got it. And they turned it into a, a tool for tyranny. So it's not that COVID's not real. It's not that we shouldn't be taking some precautions and all those things, but it's not the proper role of government to micromanage your life to save you from a virus that's actually one twenty-fifth as deadly as the Spanish flu was back in 1918. And uh, we just don't know our history and we don't know our constitutional rights and we don't know the Bible. So that's a very, very good question, Devin, and raises a very, very important um, point that uh, we as Christians have a responsibility, not not just a right to stand up and have civil disobedience, but a responsibility to do so. Okay, I think we've only got a couple of minutes, but I'm going to try to get in a, a one more call here. Bill in West Virginia, go for it. Bill, let's do it fast. Hello. Yes, sir, I hear you. Go for it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I just want to make a comment about the uh, three layers of government. And our founding fathers in the federal papers even tell, they tell you, and they knew back then that the weakest portion of the three layers was going to be the judicial. And, and boy, it does, it, has it not has it not come true? So. Well, in fact, Bill, they they said Hamilton was so clear about this in the Federalist Papers. He said that that we don't ever have to worry about uh, tyranny coming from the courts. You don't have to ever worry about them taking away your rights. If here's the big if, if they stay in their lane. If they only do what they were designed to do and they don't get over into the legislative or the executive branches, you'll be fine. But then he said, if they do get over into the legislative and the executive branches, then you will have everything to fear from the tyranny that they will bring about. And that's exactly what has happened. So because we didn't know, we didn't study things like the Federalist Papers and study the Constitution and the three branches of government and what the proper role of the federal government was versus state or local, we allowed them to expand and then become the tyranny. That he, tyranny that he warned about in Federalist 78. That is a fantastic way to end today, Bill. Thank you for calling in from West Virginia. Folks, we have a duty and responsibility. You know, just basically combine Devin's call and Bill's call. We have a responsibility as Christians, as biblical worldview believers, to apply the freedom that we've been given and to study it and then live it and expand it, teach other people, everyone within your realm of influence. You become the catalyst for restoring the biblical values and the constitutional constitutional principles that we've been blessed with. Others fought and died for those things. What are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with it on your watch? I hope you'll get engaged. Be sure and visit our website today, patriotacademy.com. Become a constitution coach and start hosting some of these classes right there in your neighborhood, whether it's at your home or at your church or wherever you'd like. Sure appreciate you being with us today. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.